Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode number five. This is Expressions from the Heart. I'm Sarah Melody, your host. And today we have a special guest all the way from Brazil. That's the beautiful part of this online platform, online meetings these days. Um, so I'd like to welcome Giovanna Viscovi, and I probably messed up the last name. <laughs> Giovanna. No, that's all good. <laughs> okay, okay, great. <laughs> no, that's perfect. Giovanna is an artist, a Teta healing therapist and instructor, and a Reiki and Feng Shui certified practitioner. So Gio offers individual energy healing sessions and trainings to help us remember our soul's path towards love and happiness. Please welcome Gio today. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. That's so exciting. I'm so excited to talk to you all the way from Brazil and connect <laughs> with you again. Yeah, very good. Thank you. And we've met in person before. So anyone tuning into the show, uh, Gio and I actually met here in Canada through a mutual friend. And she actually came to a couple of yoga classes at my studio and we built a bit of friendship and then COVID happened. And I guess you had to go back home when COVID happened. How did that oh, work yeah. out? Yeah, so I actually was, uh, I was in Canada last year until November, I think, beginning of November. Then I came back for Christmas and all these things. And I was supposed to come back to Canada in April, which was exactly when everything shut down. And then I was like, okay, next month, next month, next month. And now, like, I have no idea when I'm coming back, but um, eventually, I guess, when the time is right. <laughs> and the incredible thing is that we've been able to still stay in contact. And I've seen you in a couple of online yoga classes. I know, it's so good. I love <laughs> so it. It doesn't really yeah. feel like you're gone. It just feels like you're down the road. I know, exactly. And like I, yesterday, it was funny, like I, I'm teaching a lot from for my Brazilian fellow friends and uh, people are coming from everywhere in Brazil to the classes online, which is very exciting. So I can connect with a bunch of different people from different places at the same time. I, I really like that. Absolutely. It's definitely broadened that reach. I think I said maybe on an earlier podcast that I have old roommates that are now taking online yoga with me that I haven't seen in years. And that's I amazing know. that the connection yeah. has been brought back. Yeah, I really like that. I, I feel like there's like downsides and upsides and as, as with everything, right? So Gio, this show, this podcast uh, combines a bit of yoga, music, creativity, but also we like to talk about energy and mental health. So what got you into the type of work that you do? And can you explain a bit more about Teta Healing as well? Yeah, um, I'll explain about Teta Healing first, so just so everyone can understand. So Theta Healing is a, an energy healing technique. And basically what happens in a session is that we kind of reprogram our subconscious mind to create a different scenario or a different perception of life in our lives. So basically we come from the pr principle that um, our life and everything that happens to us, uh, our relationships, how money comes to our lives, our health, our physical health, mental health, everything uh, is an expression of what we carry subconsciously. Um, and then in a Theta Healing session, what happens is that we access the Theta brainwaves, which is the frequency that we access naturally in our sleep when we are dreaming or hypnosis also accesses this frequency. So it's a natural thing that we access uh, in our body and we can do that in Theta Healing through a meditation. So when we access this more, it's more like a meditative state. Um, it's easier to go deeper into our subconscious mind to find blocks, patterns, things that maybe we carry from 
uh, ancestors, past lives, or childhood, like information that we carry that like it's no longer serving us and it's still creating something, some sort of challenge in our lives. And then we can reprogram that and change that information to create something better. So basically that's what data healing is. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that's a great introduction to it and explanation of it. What called you to this line of work? Yeah, so my, my life was pretty like, I never expected to end up working with this actually. Um, I was always, I had, had always been into art ever since I'm a little kid and I always wanted to work with it, but I got kind of discouraged, you know, like life tells us are like, I had this big belief, especially here in Brazil, that uh, art is a very like not, um, not a very structured path. And I ended up uh, working in a venture capital firm for a few years. And I, I worked with marketing. I majored in marketing in school. And, um, and the, like I had this dream at that time where like, oh, I'm going to be successful and I'm going to be someone in this company and I'm going to make money and I'm going to live alone. I'm going to be financially independent. And I got there really quick after I graduated. And I, when I got there, I was like, wait, this place was supposed to be happy. <laughs> like I was supposed to be happy now. And I wasn't at all. Uh, and then I kind of like, now that now we talk about burnout, I didn't know what that was at the time, but I think I was going through that at the time. And I just one day very impulsively quit that job and then started working with art. And with time, I started feeling like I need to understand more of my art. I want to understand like, why do I choose this color instead of this one or, you know, things like that. And then I started, that, that's when I started like working on my self-awareness and I did a Reiki course and I met Theta Healing, studied Feng Shui and uh, everything just came together. And yeah, I fell in love with Theta Healing and here I am. <laughs> Was there um, an introduction to that style of healing? Did someone bring you to a session or how did you hear about that? Because oh. you're, you're the first one who's introduced me to that. I've done a bit of work on of intuitive healing one-on-one, um, uh -huh. -on -one, which I'd say is still very similar to what you do, but it looks like that's a trademark thing um, that, yeah, you, that you offer. So who introduced you or how did you find specifically Theta Healing? Oh, okay. So I have like one of my best friends here from Brazil. Like she was in the same path as I was like at the same time we were doing Reiki courses at the same time with different people. And then we were like, Oh, I did a Reiki course. Oh yeah, me too. Like, so we were like really, really connected in our, in our path. And, and then she did a Tata healing session. and was like, Jill, I just did. Uh, I mean, she did a Tata healing course. And then she was like, Jill, I need to practice. Can I use you as a, as a guinea pig? And then she gave me a session. It was really interesting. And then I started like, I kind of understood what she was doing. I thought I did. I started doing with it with myself, like those questions to like investigate my subconscious mind. And then I was like, wait, I think I'm doing theta healing and I don't even know how to do this. I should do a course. And then that's how it happened. Then I started doing many, many, many courses. And uh, so uh, about the trademark, theta healing is, was founded by this American woman. She, her name is Vianna Steibel. And yeah, it's a trademark. Uh, she, she offers many, many courses in this technique. Um, yeah, it's very interesting. That's really great. And I love that some of the stories we've shared on this podcast has been introductions from friends or family members. You know, Vanessa Marie was on, and I know you, I think you met Vanessa Marie when you were in, here in person yeah, or maybe I heard on, her on Zoom. Yeah. And mm -hmm. she was mentioning that when she came to her 
um, kind of awakening or realizing that she had these her own healing powers and is actually practicing on her partner. So I think it's beautiful when we get that connection from a friend or someone that becomes a long life friend after that. And um, I can really relate with the story that you shared about working at that corporate level and burning out and not knowing that what burnout was. <laughs> I was reminiscing about <laughs> that happening? yesterday a little bit. <laughs> so not that anyone wants to relive that, but yeah, I was thinking like, I did an 11 week tour on the road. I was tour managing and I only got four days off after 11 weeks, which really by law, wow. I probably would have been entitled to at least 20. That's another lifetime, another story. No wonder we burn out. <laughs> yeah, I know, exactly. But we do the work to get us where we are now and to find those passion projects or passion jobs or however you relate to it. What do you, how do you relate to the work that you do? Do you call it a career? Do you call it a passion? Do you call it a calling? What, like, how do you relate to it? I don't know. I ask myself that every day. <laughs> um, I think, I think uh, for a long time, I was trying to make it into a career, but it felt more like a passion. And that's why I had a really hard time, like, um, make it in, making it into a career, you know? Like, I think in my mindset, I wasn't allowing myself to see this as a real thing. But then ever since I became an instructor, things got just kind of naturally got more structured. And now I, I totally see this as a career. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you mentioned before that in Brazil, the conditioning is that art or anything creative or anything healing is not necessarily seen as a career. And that's the same here in mm -hmm. Canada or North America, even in my small community of Barrie. Mm -hmm. um, there is definitely a growing community of yoga and healing and spirituality. Um, so that when you start to see that expand, you start to see, well, maybe this actually can happen. And finding that balance, like, yes, we still have to pay the bills, we still have to have that other income at times, um, until one can kind of outweigh the other. So yeah. in your community in Brazil right now, of course, being online, like, how are you connecting? Are you, is there a group that you're part of that you kind of reach out to on a daily basis? Or is it more individualized work? Um, I'm kind of doing all of the above now. Like, um, so I have the, the courses, the trainings, and I have the individual sessions. And then I, now I created a study group for my students. And now every two weeks we meet online to practice on a different theme. And it's really nice because every, everyone shares what they're going through, what's happening. And um, yeah, I'm kind of more in the position of instructor in those groups. So, um, but yeah, I do a lot of online yoga classes. I do classes with you and that's kind of like my, my moment, yeah. So for someone that's never done either a Reiki session or a Teta healing session, what does that look like? Can you explain it? Is it, um, I've done one with you, so I should probably not get ahead <laughs> and start to say what my experience was. But um, if you can explain that for someone that's tuning in, that's never done a session like this and explain um, how that works in terms of, and especially now with this virtual world, like how that mm -hmm. would work. Like how a session works? Yeah. Okay, um, so the session is kind of, I don't know, kind of looks like therapy in the sense that it's a conversation. It's very like informal and we're going to talk about something that you bring up. Um, usually people bring a theme, like we can basically work on anything, could be something on your physical body, could be a pattern that repeats itself in your life, like how do I make money or how does my work life 
work or how is my relationships or, you know, like any area of your life that you want to work on and you want to change something or heal something or make it better somehow. Um, and then we're going to talk about it a little bit. Um, at some point in the session, when I feel like it's time, we're going to close our eyes, connect with the, the frequency. I'm going to go through a meditation. Sometimes I guide the person into a meditation too, if I feel like the person needs it. It really depends on the person, but basically it's kind of like that. Um, and then at some point we're going to do the reprogrammation, which is the, what Viana calls downloads. So it's basically, we go to the source and then we download better information and release some information that are, it's not like fitting so well in, in the system of this person. So it's very like personalized. It depends on the person. Yeah. Did I answer your question? Yeah, no, that was great. And for those that are maybe new to this healing or new to this path, how would you explain source? I think um, for Perfect. me at first, I feel like source might sound religious and people yeah. might not be open to that. How would you kind of, no. That's a great question. Thank you. Um, it has absolutely nothing to do with religion. And honestly, it doesn't even have to do with spirituality. It doesn't have to do, you know, it can be a spiritual path. You can use Theta Healing on a tool on your spiritual path to connect with different planes and whatever you believe in. Um, but it doesn't have to be this way. It could be something very like the mind your subconscious mind, your emotions. It could be more of like a therapeutical kind of path. Um, and when I say source, uh, it, it, it's similar to what someone would call God or maybe energy or whatever they want to call. But universe. basically for me, yeah, universe, exactly. But for me, I feel like the source is kind of like this little place inside of us that goes beyond whatever we believe you, we are. So it's like, if there is a place of origin inside of me where I'm not myself, I'm not Giovanna, I'm not the skin color, I'm not my, my experience, I'm not my life, I'm not my family, I'm not anything. I'm just my essence, like this is the source. The thing that, that is beyond everything we believe and then we can just like, wait, clear your mind. What do I want to create now? Like, what do I want to have with me? in this life experience. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Kind of but yeah. No, that's, that's a beautiful way to explain it. And I think a lot of us, um, as we age, we try to find our own things that work for us and that weren't necessarily part of our upbringing. I think it goes as small as the food that we eat, um, you know, changing our diet or about six or I think closer to eight years ago, I decided to cut out meat and just focus on being vegetarian and pescatarian, eating fish. And that was hard because my upbringing was, this is what you eat. So when you start to change that or unprogram yourself and start to find, so I'm using that basic example. It's the same with our thoughts. When you were mentioning earlier about career, if your thought as you were brought up was you need to have this corporate job, you need to make money, you need to keep overachieving, reach, reach, reach. And then you change that programming. Uh, you have to kind of rewire yourself. Exactly. Exactly. What is your why, Gio? What, why do you do the work that you do? <laughs> I see you laughing. <laughs> you, you said you might ask this question. I was like, oh, and I kind of thinking what my why is because I ask myself that every day. I'm not sure. I don't know what's, <laughs> what's my why, <laughs> to be honest. Um, I think in the past I had a very like, I don't know, 
for me, like, I'm not saying that if someone thinks like that, I think that's beautiful. But for me, it came from an immature place inside of me that I thought I was helping the world. I was helping people be better and I was helping love and I was like, you know, creating more happiness. And now I'm kind of coming to the understanding that people are only going to heal or be better if they want to. So like, who, who really am I to want someone, you know, like who am I to want things to be better if, you know what I mean? Like it's more, I'm more of an, an accepting place right now and I'm learning to accept things the way they are. And accepting is not conforming. It's not like I'm gonna, oh, okay, like everything should be the way it is. Like that's not how, how I feel, but more like, uh, I think when th this like, moment that we are with um, social media and information going through like really quick and spread out um, about spirituality and good vibes only and I feel like there is some sort of rejection of the shadows do you know what I mean like I feel sometimes people are like oh no stick positive you know and I feel like what the world needs right now especially in a crisis moment is for us to look at the shadows and not reject it, you know, like to really deal with it. So yeah, maybe that's my why somehow. I don't know. I, I liked what you said at the beginning that you wanted to help the world. And I think it's really much about our generation about feeling that we need to help everyone. But the beautiful part is you've probably helped individual people and you've helped them in their world. So it might not be a global thing, but again, it, you know, vibrates. If we're going really yogi here, <laughs> it then really yeah. vibrates no, out totally. to others. Um, yeah. I think about that when I was even doing music. Sometimes I'd get down oh, if totally. there were only a handful of people that came to the concert. And I had to change my thinking to tell myself that those three people in the audience still matter. So whether it was a 10,000 crowd or a small group of five, those people still matter. And the work that you're doing, that individual work matters. Yeah. And I think like even in Theta Healing, we work on like a genetic level too. So I can see like when I work on myself, sometimes I can see changes in my mom and my sisters. Like I can see that this work really spreads out and we don't, we won't really know like how like how many people were touched by this work you know even if i worked with someone someone that i never met maybe could be influenced by that one person that i worked with and yeah it's it's a bigger scale that we can even grasp as humans i guess <laughs> i've had that similar experience where family members especially doing a line of work of yoga at first i would say you know why don't you join me why don't you come to meditation and they just weren't ready and it would take oh, yeah. them seeing the change in me and then be like, wow, maybe I should try that. Or it it take a couple of years. I remember when I first was struggling with my mental health and I was trying to explain to my mom specifically, who was always very supportive and always right there by my side. And I was trying to tell her that, you know, my anxiety comes from my solar plexus, from my belly, and it resides there. And it made me feel physically mm -hmm. sick. Trying to explain to her like Manipura chakra, the solar plexus chakra, that's, this is before I was a yoga teacher. It was just something I researched and I went to a meditation one day and I learned about it. I was trying to explain it to her and she was like, okay, that's interesting. Kind of brushed it off. Yeah. And it wasn't until, I think it might've been even like a year later or six months. I can't remember the timeline, but she passes me a article and she's like, look, Sarah, it's that thing you told me about. Oh, wow. And I still have That's the article beautiful. to this day. <laughs> That's yeah. so sweet. 
So they have to come to it when they are ready. So they're still listening. Doesn't mean that they're ready to, to take exactly. that path. Yeah, that's so true. This reminds me of a funny story from my family. Like when I was working in this uh, corporate job, my family loved it. They, they thought I was super successful. They super admired me. And then when I quit to work with art, everyone was like, but Gio, you had such a good job. It was such a good experience. Like, but art, like, what are you going to do with art? Blah, blah, blah. And then uh, from art came theta healing. And then when I, when I started doing the theta healing work, they were like, but Gio, art is so amazing. Why don't you go back to your art? <laughs> yeah, but I would go, I was going like crazier and crazier and they wanted me to go back into the more normal. It was funny. I, well, yeah. I don't think it's that. I think they start to appreciate it. So your perspective of it is that they are thinking now exactly. you're going even further. I look at yeah. it as, no, they've started to appreciate your work. It, you, you showed them that it was something that you were talented at or that's something you could do. I, yeah, I even that's true. had similar experience. And I know Brazil is similar to Portuguese. My dad being from Portugal mm -hmm. uh, in the beginning when I was doing music. And I did music at a young age. He would be like, how are you going to make money from this? And then he started to see... I was getting, you know, songs on the radio and I, I was getting attention. And then all of a sudden he was proud and be like, oh yeah, that's my daughter. You exactly. Know? Exactly. And why aren't, why aren't you doing your music? The same thing my parents, <laughs> yeah. your parents said. So what gets you out of bed in the morning? If you're having that day where you're like, I don't want to get up today. What gives you that push to get out of bed? Um, appointments. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. pretty honest. Um, no, because like, that's one thing that I love about, um, my life right now is that when I was in that corporate job, I didn't have an option. I had this nine to five job and I had to, I had to, I had to do it. It doesn't, didn't matter. And now, like if I need time, if I can respect my cycle, like I can really listen to my body and respect my body. And I really feel like this is a movement that, um, people should be able, like, it's our right to feel good. Right we shouldn't see work as like, I don't know. It's almost like forest work. Like I didn't want to be there one day and I had to. And then one time that I was super productive, I wasn't there. And um, now I can really make my own time. So if I'm really feeling like I need to rest a little more, I can. And not like I work a lot, but I have this option now. And mm -hmm. that's it. I think I really like my life now. There's no... There's not one thing that like gets me out of bed, but I, I like the work that I do and, and yeah, that's it. <laughs> well, and those appointments, you are serving people. So those people are exactly. keeping you accountable and vice versa. So I think that's probably, probably back to your why is the people that you're serving. Yeah. And also like when I finish a session or when I finish a training, I usually go back to that feeling of like, oh, that's why. You know, and it's hard to put into words what's this why, but it just feels right. You know, like I feel like, you know, you know this, like, you know, when you're, when you feel like, okay, I'm on the right path, like the universe has got my back. And it's hard to explain this feeling, but it's there. Like when, when you know, you know, right? I think that's kind of true for me. I don't know. <laughs> so with this podcast being called Expressions from the Heart, how do you express yourself? Are you a talker like me? <laughs> or are you someone that moves and likes to dance? Or how do you find ways to express Geo? Mm, I think there's two ways for me. As you can see, I talk a lot. Um, 
I think, I think talking is a big one for me, especially like with the Theta Healing. I like putting things into words. I like writing things down. I like, uh, you know, I like coming to this like more rational explanations of how I feel to feel better. Um, and I also have the more introspective and unexplainable kind of how to deal with my feelings, which is making art. And sometimes I just grab a piece of paper and then I just like stream of consciousness, just start drawing anything that comes to my mind. And sometimes I get, have really good insights there, get really good ideas. And yeah. So when it comes to your art, is it usually drawing or is it painting? What is your go-to? Uh, yeah, I think it's more drawing and painting. Yeah, both. And what do you, and I haven't seen any of your art actually, what do you usually uh, are called to draw? Um, this is a funny, like I'm in a funny moment with my art right now because um, I feel like my art, what comes natural for me is drawing things that are just like subconscious. Like it feels more like a surrealism kind of thing. And I think there was, I had this belief that like, oh, now that I'm working with Theta Healing, being very honest here, uh, now that I'm working with Theta Healing and energy stuff, like I can't, I can only draw, draw or paint good vibes things. I can only be good vibes. And then I started blocking a lot of my creativity because my art was kind of creepy sometimes because it just came from like this dream world inside of my head. And it didn't really make any sense. It wasn't really creepy for me, but I felt it was creepy for people. Um, and then I kind of stopped doing this kind of work. And on the side, I've always done like mandalas on walls. Like people sometimes hire me to do an artwork on their wall and things like that. But um, now I'm kind of going back to this place where I can really just release this art that is inside me without really, you know, judging it. I think I was judgmental of my own art. <laughs> but there's so much there's so much healing that comes from darkness. So think about all the amazing songs exactly. out there that come from heartbreak. If you set up when I, you know, exactly. write a song and say, I'm not allowed to write a song that's sad, then yeah. you're just suppressing it and pushing it down and same with your art. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. And I think this was like years ago that I started having this realization. And like with the Theta Healing work, I kind of like put my art on the side a little bit. And now I'm really feeling this, especially with the pandemic and being at home, I've really been feeling like I need to put this out, you know? So yeah, I feel like it's a good time for this. Yeah, that's really beautiful. For me, I'm interpreting this as the yin and the yang and finding that balance that you can do your positive work in your healing and you can use your art to be releasing or getting rid of any of that, that darkness or however you connect with it. Uh, there's, that's yes. actually quite beautiful, finding that contrast. Yeah, that's so beautiful. How about you? How do you express your <laughs> Because it's a podcast. I'm supposed to interview you, right? <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> oh, that's, no, that's great. And that's what I said to you at the beginning. Like, there's no sense to, um, this doesn't have to be a structured conversation. It can be very candid. I express through music, of course. And lately, during the pandemic, as we are saying, I'm telling myself to dance more. I've never been a great dancer. And oh, that's nice. I don't know if anybody's ever read that book, um, The Four Agreements, and it talks about in that Oh, book. I've heard of it. Yeah, and I think actually he might be from Brazil, now that I think about that, Dom Miguel Ruz. I think that's how you say the, the last name. He huh. might even be, um, I think it's a Portuguese last name. So in that book, it talks about that we hold certain people in our lives to high regard. 
at a young age, I actually had a dance teacher that told me I had no coordination. And now I'm in my 30s and I still believe to this day that I am not a good dancer. Beliefs. <laughs> so I like to dance in the privacy of my home and try to release that way. So that's kind of how I express myself um, and doing that kind of form of movement and music and writing. Because sometimes it's challenging to just sit down and write a song. And it might even be challenging to sit down and start drawing when you have to force it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's so true. Um, you, now that you're talking about dancing, a few, like, I think two months ago, I also, I also never, I always felt like I was the bad dancer in the dance classes. Like, I think I was taller and a little chubbier and then instructors always put me in the back. So I've always had this in my mind that the good dancers are in the front and the bad dancers are in the back. So I must be a bad dancer. Uh, so I never pursued any of that, uh, when I grew up and a few months ago, I started doing that, like, like you said, like dancing freestyle at home. And it just feels so good. I was like, why don't I do this every day? Like, it just feels really awesome. I've also tried a static dance. And that is kind of where you're just pulled and you're not supposed to think. And similar to what we're calling in our own sense freestyle, but a static dance, I think it comes from, um, and I don't know enough about it. I'll maybe have to bring someone on the show to talk about it. I have a friend yeah. that actually does a static dance, so I can reach out to them. But I remember going to a woman's circle and we were asked to do that. And I had my block up and I was like, nope, I can't do that unless a hip hop song is playing. I can't dance. That was in my head. Nothing <laughs> the same thing. Like, no, I don't know how to dance. And then I just closed my eyes and I just moved. And it was so releasing and not having to think about moving my hips a certain way or doing what the person beside me was doing. And that's the beautiful part of just like expressing yourself and not having that image or staring back in a mirror at you i had the same experience geo of being put in the back i think it was just my <laughs> my upbringing also went through my chubby stage in soccer i was put on defense probably because i was a bit stockier and chubby <laughs> but then that, and it comes with you that goes back to the programming we talked about with the work that you do that yeah, kind of lives with totally. you you start to believe what other people have conditioned you to believe yeah exactly exactly and what do you like to do for fun? So speaking about expressing, expressing yourself, expressions and expressing yourself, what do you do for fun? For fun? Uh, during pandemic or off pandemic? Off pandemic. <laughs> Let's start with that one. Because pandemic has changed everything on my day life. Like, um, I think I really like working out. Like it brings, it's kind of a it's kind of fun to me, like to go for a run and to see nature and, you know, hang out with friends, a bunch of things sometimes I can't do now. And uh, be with my boyfriend, which I can't be for the last six months because of the pandemic. So, uh, yeah, I, I lately I've been having a lot of fun with my family. So that's the good thing about the pandemic. Like we've been spending a lot of time together and we're watching shows together and it's fun. Yeah. Beautiful. I always laugh when I ask anyone in the line of energy healing that work. I think my own perspective when I went into yoga was that yoga teachers must have their life figured out. Their life must be perfect. They always seem so calm. And I think there's that similar misconception with, and maybe it's my own opinion, but if anybody out there relates to this, comment on this podcast, please, um, that anybody in this line of work, of energy, of yoga, of spirituality, of um, anything in that realm 
has their life figured out and is super calm all the time, but absolutely not. And that's why I love to ask all the time, like, what do you do? You're not being so serious and so calm. What do you do for fun? What do you, you know, how do you find yeah. that, those times of playfulness? Yeah, and totally. Like, I, I also had that belief too, when I was starting, I would look at my instructor and I was like, oh my God, she's so elevated and so illuminated. And like, I want to be like that. And now I'm an instructor just like her, what she was at the time. And I'm like, I'm nowhere close to what I thought that woman was. Like I was projecting something totally like, um, yeah. Like I always perfect every day. Like, sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead. No, sorry. Um, I was going to say like, I still feel insecure every day. Like it's not because I'm here and I'm teaching and I'm like, I know what I'm doing. I know I'm good at it. It's not because of that, that now everything is all good. Everything is, everything is figured out. Like, no, I still feel insecure. I feel insecure about giving you a session after this podcast because we're going to do it in English. It's not my first language. Like I still feel those things. So it's, it's normal, I guess. I think the insecurities though teach us. And I love that you use that word insecurity because I feel like it is a word that we feel challenged to bring up or admit to. And um, maybe I'm being biased, but especially as a female, I will say to my friends, I'm feeling insecure about blank right now. And sometimes I feel like, oh, I shouldn't share that. But I think it just allows us to be more dedicated to our work and allows us to grow more. If we were completely perfect, then our lives would be stagnant. Our lives would be boring and we wouldn't be learning anymore. So we, we learn from those insecurities. Yeah, definitely. I have a lot of experience with insecurity. So <laughs> I, I think that's why kind of like also we become like energy healers and yoga teachers. And like, that's why we want to help people because deep inside we kind of want to help ourselves too, right? Absolutely. When we're helping others, we are helping ourselves. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, and the last thing I want to say, Gio, is that I think it's very admirable that you are leading these sessions in English when it's not your first language. So please, as a friend, don't be so hard on yourself. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> so Thank where you. can people learn more about you? And if they wanted to book a session, how would they do that? Um, yeah, I have a website with like all the information about courses and sessions and everything. It's Giovanna Vescovi. Maybe we can like write it down in the description we'll put it in the description yeah because it's hard to 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 spell and um yeah you can also reach me on my instagram which is at geo underline vascovy uh it's mostly in portuguese but i can speak english so <laughs> great well thank you so much for joining us and sharing your gifts and your talent and really speaking and expressing from the heart and we will see you soon Thank you. Namaste. Amazing. Thank you so much. Namaste.